Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you can want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Fanboys and fangirls and non-binaries, welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast and all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise for joining my co-host, Miko. Hello. I want to say what a special May the 4th be with you all. And speaking of that, today's episodes will be heavily focused on Star Wars, but we do want to get, rid of, get through some new stuff real quick. Just like kind of show Miko when I was exploring the TikTok rabbit hole, basically. Um, basically, it was really what happened last night. I guess Netflix had a Netflix is a joke comedy festival at the Hollywood Bowl, and Dave Chappelle got attacked. Um, basically, the attacker went at him, possibly having a weapon that could be a, to extract a blade. Like the guy, based on the video, was kind of clumsy, and security right away just right away they were able to apprehend the attacker and bring him to the point where he had to get EMTs and take him to the hospital where he's. Currently in jail on a $30,000 fine. But the funny thing is, Dave Chappelle, even though the attack said, made jokes about it, saying that guy was clumsy. <laughs> and then to the point that, you know, everyone was comfortable for him, people were still laughing, and he kept going with his jokes. And then to the end, that Chris Rock just came out and said, Was that Will Smith? So, yeah, so, especially that guy, I guess he needs to get some training in NFL. <laughs> Um, that and also too with the May the Fourth on the did show the Disney did release the a brand new trailer for Obi Wan. The trailer is going to come out on May twenty fifth of this month as well. And of course, you know anything when it comes to Star Wars, they just released like Hasbro's coming out with a new Darth Vader helmet for next year, which I guess the inside of the helmet that you can wear, and the inside is going to have the red lighting on the inside. How much is it going to be? I don't know. I just saw that TikTok. They were advertising like, it's got to be a good money. I mean, they did make the Mandalorian one. Oh, yeah. And has when it comes to like those kind of masks. And I mean, they did the Iron Man ones too as well. They probably are going to be kind of pricey. But I haven't seen nothing on TikTok. was nothing but like Star Wars videos, basically. People saw already made before. Um, Disneyland had the Disneyland After Dark Star Wars night, basically. Oh, they have it going for it. They had it last night, and then today they had it last night, so they closed the park after hours and allowed guests to participate and stuff. And they had like Star Wars, you know, the Castle Lucas, you know, they had Dark Maul, they had Ray. Um, I saw videos of they had like the lightsabers, everyone lit up their lightsabers and stuff. And then, of course, people were going today at Disneyland, Disney World, and started bringing Star Wars Day at Galaxy Edge, so it was kind of cool. And people sharing the views. That's all it was. It's like all Star Wars 
related on videos pretty much throughout the whole TikTok rabbit hole and of course online as well. We're talking about the reacting to the new Obi-Wan trailer, which like I said, I've not seen it. I might have to check it out as soon as we're done recording the podcast and see how it looks. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's, we'll probably get the answers. Where has Obi-Wan been during the time between three and four, basically? Yeah. And having Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi was great. And see more of Vader. So, oh, okay. yeah, they and they're going to have the Inquisitor and stuff, too. So you're going to have characters from the mm-hmm. cartoons. Because remember, people, got to watch the animations. They are canon. You have to watch the, you have to watch Star Wars Rebels, and you have to watch, you know, Clone Wars all as well because those are part of Star Wars canon. So definitely watch Rebels because you probably won't well know who I'm talking about. Maybe you might see Emerald Thrawn as well. Like I said, Rebels takes place around the same timeline as the Obi Wan show. So hope we'll see more. Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll see some of the Rebels like characters make a live action appearance in the Obi Wan series. I can only hope for it, but we are going to see more Vader. We're going to see more Vader, like, hey, Christian is going to be back as uh, Darth Vader. And I'm assuming they're going to keep James Earl Jones as the voice. Hopefully. And if, I don't know, they're going to have Hayden Christian, like, in flashbacks or just him wearing the suit and everything. So we'll have to wait and see how that is. But I'm looking forward to it. I know Beacon's looking forward to it because he's a dark side guy, so he wants to see his buddy Darth Vader. I'll wait for those episodes. I know, coming like Wednesday, I think it's something like yeah. I've said six parts, so I'll wait for. It's probably gonna be a fourth one. So I think we'll just wait six parts. Because like they gotta build it up with him, because he's a good guy character. So they they're gonna give him a lot of uh, exposition in the beginning, especially with like these shows. They take a while to kind of really get going. Um, even the Mandalorian had its uh, pacing issues at moment at certain episodes, but like even then, it kind of gave us. Like a small exposition to get us to a big climactic finale. So I'd rather, you know, they did allude to it in the trailer if that helps with Vader being a presence in the show. So that's gonna be cool. Um, although I will say, even from seeing the trailer, dude, is that I feel like I'm right back, uh, guys. I had a burrito cooking. Right <laughs> back, people keep talking. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I feel like they should have made it into a movie. Uh, I think just for not only creative wise, but like. Getting Ewan McGregor to this one kind of time, at this certain point in time in his career to like do a big project for them and it being a show, I feel like it would have done it better being a movie because they, they could have probably made a lot more money doing it in a movie style to get people now that they go to the theaters again. They probably, they I feel like the draw for getting people back into Star Wars using Obi-Wan to kind of bring people back onto the franchise's good graces using him to be a catalyst for that, I feel like it would have been kind of, it would have been, I think, a, a, a good move for Disney if they if they saw it that way. But I think they're too confident right now being such a big powerhouse in the media that, like, I, they don't see it, but, like, I, shifting Star Wars to being only good in the TV and I think not the good in the reason theater why, is not good. because I think the rap in this, they don't want to repeat what happened with Solo. I think that's what it that's is, too. I, I think it's basically the, the fear that what happened with oh. Solo became fine. Yeah, you get Ron Howard to help direct it. It's like, and you think, oh, it's going to be good. You got a young cast. But the problem was, was it didn't do that well. I think what Disney wanted us to yeah. do was like, let's get the show. A, we could probably give them a big budget, but do it in like a, a show base, you know? 
And that's what happened with the success of Mandalorian, making like a Western style show, make it episodic and basically, you know, stretch the story and add these characters, you know, character development is the key. Because with the films, it's like you get very little character development because you pretty much have to go with pacing and rushing. But as opposed to like Mandalorian, it was a good way how he started at the beginning, you know, I'm just doing it for the job and eventually he starts showing that passion for Grogu and like you saw his humanity was starting to you know, sink in and all the ideals he was raised on during the Mandalorian way, he was starting questioning it a little bit. Like he was like, you know, even though he was taken in by the Mandalorians, but he became more human basically in the sense that, you know, he's not the only person in this fight, you know, all the people he met along the way, he can rely on others, not just himself, you know? This is like a Western, you know, it's like, you know, the guy with no name, you know, Clint Eastwood type of character. Yeah, but I mean, like, that works and then the, that character. And then Bob Fett, Bob Fett gets himself redeemed. I haven't seen the show, but obviously he gets redeemed because it's like, you saw Bob Fett, you would hardly see him in the second, in, like, episode five, a little bit. And then episode six, he basically gets Bo- thrown right. into the Sarlacc pit, and that's it, you know? And bringing that character, like, spoiler, we haven't seen season two, but he comes back. Uh-huh. He comes back and it's like, oh, he gets some redemption, you know? Right, but here, so like, I guess my point is being is, they you they're trying to use their movie characters to be good on the TV screen, and the better the benefit for Mandalorian is there was a whole new character they got to introduce on the TV. Now Boba Fett only got, I typed in on Google Boba Fett ratings for the show, the book of Boba Fett, three point mm-hmm. seven out of out of five stars. I mean that's not good for Star Wars. That's not good. Star Wars has to be at least four, four to five stars because it's their own fault that they were good. They, that's just the standard they have. So, like, for them only being at 3.7, for a Boba Fett character, Boba Fett, who hasn't hasn't gotten a shot in so, so long, and what happens? show kind of stinks because it had to follow what, a really good show, Mandalorian, and it's kind of the same character. This was was a spinoff. Yeah. yeah, and it sucks. Sorry. It's not good when you have to do a spinoff. And it's such a major character to use as a spinoff. Like, nah. They either give him, a, give him a movie and throw him with some awesome character from the throwbacks or just, like, I think it was just, like, too little too late. 68% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Yeah, dude, that's not good. For a Star Wars property? Now, I'm not saying Obi-Wan's oh, not going to do good. I'm sure he will. But is there going to be some issues depending on the writing and stuff? Who knows? It's like I said, a major movie character being thrown into the TV screen because they want to, like you said, if they want to make Disney Plus viable too. And, and they got to cool. fill the gaps. Yeah. And just yeah. fill the gaps in the canon, you know, fill the story, you know? Sure. Sure. But I think at the cost of them sacrificing the theater. I mean, we're, eventually we are going to get a Soka series as well. She's just going to make her yeah. own series as well too. See, that's With Rosario Dawson on board as well. But we'll see. Like the, they're trying to expand the universe, but like at the same time, it's like I think it also too what happened with the the latest trilogy. I think that kind of like you know kind of hurt them just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're trying to redeem themselves. So like let's go ahead and do the show. Let's develop these shows just to redeem them with the fans based on you know the mediocre success that the latest trilogy came out. Basically, based on the latest trilogy, and who knows if we're gonna get another trilogy? We'll see what happens. But like I said, there's so much like writing and stuff and so many comics deep in the Star Wars universe. It could take a lot of that as inspiration to possibly, you know, make 
stories, but don't use the same established characters. You can do it, like you have the same ideals, but with new characters. They tried it with the latest trilogy, but at the same time, it kind of hit. It was more for the people who want to feel that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. If people that went to Star Wars in 1977, saw in the theaters in 1977, and for us who went through the prequels in 2000. Because for us, our star, our thing with Star Wars was like we got hit with the year two thousand when we had the, the you know the prequels, and then I mean we got we had an idea of how you know original trilogy was, but that was like where passes you know passes theatrical one when it was just you know when George Lucas was like oh let's bring it back to the theaters make special editions that's the only time we got our, that was our argument to that Star Wars but I would say with the latest trilogy just like I said hitting the fan you know hitting nostalgia with the fans but at the same time they try to push as much as you can for some merchandise. Like I said, it was a cash grab to the point was trying to get new Star Wars fans. Like fans, you know, besides the ones that grew up since 77, but to get ones for a new generation. That's basically what that there was. But of course, you know, what happened with, with Solo, that's probably what killed it when they were trying to do. I mean, Rogue One to me was freaking awesome because it was like a dark Star Wars story. Like Star Wars can get dark. Star Wars can get gritty, you know. Star Wars can get dramatic, you know. Yeah. That's what hit me with Rogue One. I can't wait for... Uh, Wait for Diego, uh, Diego Luna's character, his series, because it's supposed to be a prequel to Rogue One. Hmm. See, like all these, all these series, but I don't know. Man. I mean, we could t- we could do another special Star Wars with just a series, but we're just gonna go through the films, right? We are the films. I mean, there's the of course there's Star Wars Visions, um, which is like an anime anthology series, like an animated anthology series that's like by these different Japanese studios that very much. Are inspired by Star Wars and decide to put their own spin. But what I like about it is they're not, you know, you don't see any familiar characters. That's what I did like about Visions. It was these these characters they came up with themselves, but it gave that whole like Japanese kind of twist to it when it comes to story structure and stuff, which I did enjoy. Yes, do you trigger in there? Um, Suzuki was one of the things you got science, was all like Studio Science was another one. It was in there well that it. Uh, a couple episodes of Studio Trigger, of course, was the big one. They did a couple episodes, and what I liked about it was they took the concept of Star Wars, but there was no established characters. They were all regular, you know, characters that you never seen before, which I liked. They were all original characters, and they kept the, you know all the Jedi and the Sith, you know, even the ones during the current time or some during like you know a long time ago as well. I'll definitely check. Well, again, I'll get into detail with Star Wars Visions when we do like a whole like another Star Wars thing. Based on the series, like the stuff outside. This is more more on the films. But if you haven't seen the films, check it out on Disney Plus. Basically, that's the only place you can get all your Star Wars things. So, this, I mean, we're not going to talk about Clone Wars, even though Clone Wars did have the theatrical film. I consider that more like a long TV episode if you watch the series. So, definitely, definitely, like I said, we'll do another part two to the Star Wars fight for like next week. Next week, that focuses on the series itself. So we'll rank our series today. Is pretty much going to be ranking basically the films. So I'll say Eagle will get his rankings, how he ranks his. I'll rank mine, and we'll see. We'll try to come to a, a common compromise. We'll do an overall ranking. So, how many Star Wars films do you want to pull up the list? Uh, just the films, dude. We'll just go over the films. Yeah, like I said, series, we'll probably cover that next once I catch up on Clone Wars and the other ones. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, it must be some bootleg movie with Luke Skywalker's face on it. Um, okay, so there is, holy shit, nine? 
films. Yeah, because the trilogy. Sounds right. Because the trilogies. Okay, so there's nine films. And of course, those the uh, other two films, like the other, so it's eleven films basically. Right, right, and Jesus. Yeah, Rogue One, you got Solo. Right, but uh, I, okay, so I well, you count I, those, can I those separately at least. Well, you count those as separate or like? Another... Yeah, I mean, because like they're both. I think I like them both. I mean, Rogue One is the better of the two, but I, I like both for what it was. Uh, I, I saw Han Solo later on in the stream. I think it was on Netflix for a bit, so I watched it. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I think I was high, really high one night. And I just started watching <laughs> it. But I thought it was really good. I feel like the guys like acted well with what they had, and it was fun for what it was. I think I didn't. I think if you take it too seriously and you watch it like, oh, it's not like Han Solo. Like, you know, if you take it too seriously, then I think it's not like the purest of races. Mm-hmm. Like, you see it from a Star Wars purest perspective. Yeah, like, if, there's one way. I feel like a lot of people go into watching those movies, too, where, like, you're ready to criticize it. And I didn't do that with the, the newer trilogies. But if you re- after rewatches, you're just, like, you see it for what it is. And it's just like, ugh, I don't like them. But you, for, in exception with Rogue One and Solo, I think they both are well acted for what it was. Um, Rogue One is just a better story, I think. And then just a better film in general but i think solo doesn't get enough credit because it got kind of didn't do so well in the box office i think yeah i think because of that and plus it was derived from you know that story about lando and han from empire yeah. when they kept talking about what happened in their past i think that's yeah what it was so too. it was easy to go with it i think that's what it was like all it like how come that was like how got that now we know how got that shit from lando so it was like, it was like well, how's my falcon doing but kind of gives you the idea, you know, how Han, you know, got the Falcon, and it kind of gives you the idea how he met Chewie and all that stuff. So. Yeah, and, and that's and like it's I think exact, they had to work with what they could try. See, yeah, man. like they had to work with what they tried to say. No, Rogue One. I mean, Rogue One to me. I mean, we talk about those two films. Like, I haven't seen Solo, so I can't give it a good ranking. But I, I have to, I have to watch Solo just to see the differentiation. But I like Rogue One because, like yeah. I said. We get these other characters. It was a more diverse cast. It was really good. I love Diego Lopez. Got we got Latino representation in the Star Wars universe finally, um, and just these different characters and and they all came together for this one mission. You know, to get the Star Death Star plans because it was like one of those things where answers the question where did Leia get the plans from, and no one talks about it. Apparently, it was his team. Yeah. It's Team Rogue One because then you know the struggles they had to go through just to get those plans and the sacrifice they had to make. And of course, you know, if you haven't seen the film, check out the film. And just the way the effects were, I mean, it was me dining in, it was a near run, it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think at the end, we got to see, you know, you know, who make his appearance and you know what make her appearance, you know, at the end. But for something that was made, you know, post Harry Fisher's passing, it was like, you know, that's something that would kind of kill like the trilogy, like the latest trilogy as well. But uh, with Rogue One, yeah, I definitely see Rogue One again. That's something I would rewatch. But yeah, I gotta give Solo a watch, see how I feel about it. But for for my sake right now, I have to go with Rogue One over uh, Solo. So those are the, I consider those what you call those films like prequel films, or you consider them more like side story or you more like you know spin off uh i guess it's more or less uh i guess they're like there's they're not spin-offs uh, no because they're more they wanted to create origin story based on 
the the classic tale, right? So the classic trilogy. So if they wanted to kind of make something as an in between after the original trilogies came out and the uh, what we call episode one, two, and three, the prequels so then it's kind of like a so be it kind of deal i feel like after after george lucas kind of took that and um, for what it's worth and and brought that to the cinema people were kind of just like looking maybe looking for more or they didn't want to leave it like i said in a bad note and so they made that movie to kind of fill in and i think it did a good job disney was trying to expand the the star wars property and they did well with it but like that's what i mean is that you, they can't. I don't. They can't neglect the, how impactful the theater run has been for them in the past, and for them to only focus on making these series for the, the platform on TV, it's not. It's not to say that it won't be in their best interest, but that can hurt them in the long run because there's going to be people are still going to movies. Like that's not mm-hmm. going to stop. And I just think that like that hurts them in the long run because. Um, the, the this new trilogy, I don't think it did as well as they wanted it to. It got the money because people are still going to come out and see it, but for what it's worth, it's not... It wouldn't be a viable option for them not to do something for the movies. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I would say Rogue One over Solo for right now. So I watch Solo and get that a shot. Might check it out this weekend. Um, so... Yeah, definitely check out those two um, on Disney Plus. Like I said, all the Star Wars shows on Disney Plus. Um, so we'll go on to the degree and rank the films. So there's nine films in total. You had your prequel, you got your original trilogy, and you got the latest incarnation. So what would be your number nine? Uh, number nine would be episode nine. No, yeah, no, episode nine would be. Uh, what would be your ninth? And nine would be episode Star Wars episode eight. So return is that the uh, the last Jedi? The last Jedi? Yeah, that was the worst. Easily the worst. Not because not really? because like yeah, not because like he did other things that pissed a lot of people off. Oh right, I don't mind that. Yeah, I get what he was doing. Um, but also like I also don't get what the movie really was trying to do. Um, just because like I didn't get the whole like. The weird imbalance between Kylo Ren's character and 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 uh, Ray's character in the mm-hmm. in that middle movie, and then we get the last movie, which I would probably rank number eight would be episode nine. But we get in the last Jedi, we just get a lot of weird <clears throat> plot lines divulging from the first one because we get different directors, and I, I get the pers- the perspective they want to bring to the theater. But like to get J.J. Abrams to make a movie. That played it very safe, and then to get Ryan Johnson to come in and, and do his own take on it, and then Disney not liking it, and be like, hey, we gotta get J.J. Abrams to clean this up, and it ends up being this mediocre mess. It, it just, like, the flames just went from one thing and it hopped onto the other, and they expected him to, they expected him to creatively fan another person's vision out, and that's just not, it's impossible to do in cinema, man. You're asking him to do a big task, and I feel like as much as the fans like want to really get at the directors i don't i don't want to get at them at that way at least but i do want to get with them and the fact that they some of these ideas are just like what the fuck so it's just like i have to put that one in the last one because it's just not a good movie not a good star wars movie not 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 gonna say not a good movie 
because the film is very nicely shot and all that shit. It's just not mm-hmm. a good Star Wars movie. Uh, because like there are parts of that movie I do like because I I get what like I said I, I get what he's trying to do. And yeah, he is trying to. He be was trying to make you edgy. think. I think he was trying to make you think. Because yeah. yeah. you think if you've seen this movie like Knives Out, it was all more like he wanted you to think. Like he was trying to make you think. By like I said, the one thing that got, was introducing these plot points that pretty much got washed away by Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but overall, like my number nine will have to be Episode One. Uh-huh. Phantom Menace. Really? Yeah. Yeah, See? yeah because to me, um, the only redeeming factor was the pod race, the pod race sequence. But I felt it wasn't because of Jar Jar Binks. You guys are probably thinking, oh, because of Jar Jar Binks. No. I would say if Jar Jar Binks was played differently, it would have been much, he would have been more accepted and stuff. But I think that what happened was Lucas was trying, I think he would try to introduce like, a comic relief. To it and that it kind of failed. That's why Jojo went to like the sidelines in, in the other episodes, but he does make an appearance in Clone Wars. But, um, I mean, other than that, I mean, the, the fight scene with uh Darth Maul was great, you know, that was beautifully choreographed. You know, Darth Maul against Cargai Jin and Young Obi Wan. Of course, we get Anakin, and I felt you know, I don't know if the kid I find the kid annoying at first because I'm like, Anakin just want to listen to shit, she's like, he wants to do his own thing. But I did like the pirates and seeing we did see Jabba a little bit and the Gungans were like, I don't know, man. And they're fighting against the droids. And I feel like honestly, I don't know. I mean Queen Gong that wasn't too bad, but like I said, I think the only thing reason why nine was, you know there was of course was the Doug Yoda probably looked kinda of weird to say. I'm glad mm-hmm. they replaced it with the digital one for the later on future re releases. But yeah, I don't know what happened with the puppet. That thing looked did not look like the Yoda I grew up on. It looked so weird and crazy. I'm glad they decided to redo it with a digital Yoda just to match, you know, the original um, like the other two sequels. But I that, like I would say the only redeeming was just the poverty sequence. Mm-hmm. And the fight scene. I would say that that fight scene with the music with that score. With Dark Maul, Ray Park as Dark Maul. Who pretty much is a martial artist who does wonderful like work with weapons and stuff. And then you have Liam Neeson. <laughs> so it's still just Star Wars. <laughs> um and that's why I I make it number nine. So if you guys don't agree, let me know your arguments on Twitter. Come at us on Twitter, let me know why. If you think that Phantom Man should be ranked higher, but to me, it ranks me low on the t- on the Star Wars tier list. So that's my number nine, Phantom Menace. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight will have to be. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I, 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 I would say Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> be number eight, so I'm just flip flopping the two. Just <laughs> basically, it's not any better. He had to clean up the mess, and his mess has just made it more mess. And it's like the only, I think, pro I would say is that it had it was shot very nicely, and it was more or less just a lot of action because it was. Just it was the pacing was all over the place, uh, a lot of dumb shit going on with with just the whole direction of the movie, uh, with all the characters. But I don't, I got the closure needed, but also like just the angles they were trying to change in the way that the personalities that were introduced from that from the beginning movie and then what they ended up being was just very weird and convoluted. So it was just dumb. Uh, but it was shot very nicely. 
that's about it. Like that's the only part. The action scenes were really nice and cool looking, but that's Star Wars movies have always been always been good at that. Visually being really good, um, and keeping up with the times and the latest tech in the film industry, they they've been very good at that. But it's just yeah, a beautiful mess. Beautifully shot mess, that's all it is. Not beautiful as any other movie, just beautifully shot. Because uh, J.J. Abrams is good at that, giving you a nice looking, a nice looking uh, uh, piece of info. Okay. Yeah. All right, my number eight <clears throat> will be The Last Jedi. Give me my number eight. Um, like I said, Ryan Johnson, you know, you go from J.J. Abrams to Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson wants to make you think. I mean, I think to me it was like, yeah, he was introducing these plot points that were derived from what J.J. Abrams built. I see these characters like the little kid that, you know, gets introduced at the end. He's shown at the end. That was it. Like, I don't know what his story was, what his deal was going to be. And eventually he was going to direct the third one, which didn't happen. And then you got the character Rose, which I did love. I enjoyed it. I like the actress who played her. I don't know why she got so much hate. I enjoyed her character. It just sucks that she pretty much got limited in the third film of the latest trilogy. Um... I did like that one sequence when those ships are going in the red sands when they're going down the, the hill. Oh, yeah. And the sand thing was... And, I mean, yeah, it was crazy seeing Leia finally use her Jedi powers. Was there... Because I think it also was... This was Carrie Fisher's last film, mm-hmm. basically, before she passed away. So she was like, getting a lot of screen time. I mean, the only thing was... I saw Luke wearing his thing, but, but the only thing that kind of hurt me more was, it was a projection. Like, it, well, he wasn't there. That's what kind of sucked. And, you know, Luke hugging his sister, you know, they've been gone for so long, you know, separated for so long, but I thought the whole, like, he was going to be there, you know, they had that reunion. And it was just a projection. I kind of, like, it was pretty much like an F you to the fans right there. It's like, oh, sorry, he's a projection. He's not there. Like, oh, my God. It was like, it was an interesting, like, a mess that, you know, I just started. Like, I said, he wanted to make you think. I mean, don't get me wrong. Visuals were great. You know, like I said, the Leia sequence was great. You know, going through space. You just had to breathe through space and fly through space. That was interesting. And you had a character like Laura Dern playing, and she was only there for a few minutes. Like, the first 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, oh, she's dead. <laughs> no time to get attached to the character. And, I don't know. Like I said, it was a convoluted mess. And of course, gets fixed up in Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah, that's my number eight, dude. All right, number <clears> seven. Uh, my number seven is going to be, eh, yeah, Phantom Menace, just because it's like the best of the worst ones. <laughs> uh, even remembering it being super young and watching, it's really dumb. Uh, but Darth Maul was my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> I ended up being him for Halloween. Uh, but yeah, that was only the best thing that came out of it was uh, looking at the, I guess, the different take on whole new characters and, and giving us the pod races. That was cool too. Mm-hmm. So like the toys that came out of it was really fun. Uh, and and Darth Maul being introduced to us, that was cool. So, like, the dark side of everything was cool. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and young Obi-Wan getting introduced was a way to get people excited for, you know, the introduction of Darth Vader and stuff later on. So, it just sucks that it wasn't the best out of the prequels and it probably being 
arguably probably the worst one out of all of them if you mm-hmm. think about it. But I'm not putting it the worst because I, I think I find more things I like about it, even though it is a terrible movie. But I like in a lot more things in that one than I do compared to the other two that were terrible. So that's my seven. All right. That was seven, right? Yeah. So you have seven, which, um, arguably I would say a ten. Okay, so my number seven, I would have to go with. At number seven, I would go with Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it follows Last Jedi because, like I said, um, pretty much killed everything that Ryan Johnson built, like Unlimited Roses, rolling it, and just trampling how to end like Leia's story as well. And, and to just like. I mean, he introduced another droid, honestly, for merchandise. Wasn't Dio or something? Yeah. yeah. Dio. Which, okay. Then another one, and then, of course, the only person left is just Chewie. I mean, I mean, I did like for the fact that he got to see Yoda. Did Yoda come out? Did he come out in Rice of the Last Shadow, or did he come out in Life's Cowboy first? Wait, what? Yoda? Yeah. Uh, Rise of Cowboy. Yeah, because you do see Yoda for a little bit. Um, he makes an appearance with Luke like through a Force Ghost, so it's kind of cool seeing Yoda for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was more action-packed. They tried their best to market more action-packed, just the search and stuff, you know, Ray and and Kylo Ren pretty much going through the emotions and stuff, and Kylo Ren, you know, you know, he's questioning, like, basically the first order, like, questioning the Sith ways and stuff. Like, he's, like, in a conflict within himself because, you know, hey, you know, I did this and this, and you know, I did not follow Master Skywalker, Master Skywalker's teachings and stuff. You know, he's coming to terms and, like, being conflicted and stuff. And Snoke and all that stuff, and what his purpose was, and you know, and just questioning himself, basically, and then Ray trying to find out about her and stuff. Like, there was all this tease of that buildup until the point was, huh, that's who she was. Doing. You know, we got to finally see her, or during the course, the biggest thing, spoiler, the damper somehow comes back. He was cloned. Apparently. Yeah, that whole Which, mess. The whole clone thing was kind of weird, and now I get a total recall feeling there. Like, okay. it was just weird. They find out that she's basically, uh, offspring or of Emperor Palpatine, but that's besides the point, just it just felt weird. But other than that, like I said, it was visually great. I mean the actions were great, but like I said, it was just basically a cleanup. It was a cleanup. Mm-hmm. It was a cleanup. It was basically a cleanup. The big bad JJ was cleaning up the mess. Your mind just started. I mean, Finn and Poe hardly, they hardly did much. I mean, they tried to redeem their characters, but it was like, I don't know, dude. It was like, they were trying to redeem both ways, and it just, it was just a convoluted mess, and one way to kill, basically, the latest trilogy, and in one going forward. So, that's why, guys, my number seven. So, let's get down to the final six. Okay, so we are on number six now. Hmm. I don't want to stick to the prequel because I still don't. I think I might go out of original. 
Nah, I'll throw, you know what, I'll throw, uh, I'll throw Attack of the Clones in there. Attack of the Clones is number six? Yeah, yeah, just because, like, every time it comes on TV and you catch a little bit of it, that's the one that you can't just drop in and try to get it, because it's so, such a weird one, and, 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 uh, the whole angle with getting the, 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 just, like, the whole Jedi's getting, having to rescue them from getting caught, and, like, there even more corruptions being seated in, in the Senate, and they give them all the power to pass, and it's just, like, it becomes more political as you go, mm-hmm. and it was, that's why people hated about the most, because it was more political and less, less Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. and so now you're just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what are these doing? And so it just became, like, I guess he, I don't know if George Lucas was, like, on a political thing at the time, so he wanted to throw them to the of how the government was doing things, so, like, but, like, as a kid watching the movies, it was kind of tough. It's, like, we got a lot of saber action with Yoda jumping around, like, crazy, but, like, that was fun. And we get new dark side characters, but that didn't last very long, so it was just kind of, like, it was kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And there's, the dialogue's terrible. There's, there, like, there's a lot of just the stupid, like, relationship they had to do with Padme and Anakin who just gets forced into it right away because, like, oh, it goes from a kid to, yeah, yeah. It goes from a kid and then whoop, 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 he's an adult, so we gotta have to, like, yeah, we have to just get into it. At the, uh, you have to get into, the like, how it is to be a young boy again. But, like, he's, like, a teenager, he's so it's just kind of like an older lady. Yeah, yeah, with a way older lady, but we, it's like, it's okay, it's Natalie Portman, so, like, it's fine. <laughs> and then we watch that shit. So it's like they he throws a bunch of stuff at us that I think with the political stuff being the main angle the and direction of the movie, but then like we have to also make hit Anakin's rise be the focal point as well. He didn't do a good job of like trying to mesh the two, and it's just like uh, so it just becomes a, a, a very dialogue terrible mess that like looks cool with all the saber battles and stuff that we get, but that's. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't last so long because it just gets bottled down with all the stupid political stuff, and we get more jargon. So it's just like uh, we hardly got a much jargon. Yeah, we do, but we still get them. That's the problem. We still get jargon. Yeah, I agree so with you. Like, like, yeah, let's say like number six will actually be Attack of the Clones. I do agree on that one because, yeah, because to me it was like a something derived from you know what was mentioned all because of the start of you know what was mentioned in episode four when. When he fought, when and Luke asked uh, Obi Wan that he fought the Clone Wars with my, with my dad and stuff, he served in the army with my dad. Yeah, we oh, talked about right. it. And then from there, and I think too, yeah, it was more like a politician thing was with the Senate, like the Senate, like I guess you know the Federation stuff, the like the Federation and the Senate or the Republic are trying to back stages war because we get the droids, and then of course you know. Senate and the Jedi's pretty much had some kind of word, you know, some input into these clones, which this guy and we got interested in Django Fett, um, and basically where these clones come from. We got to see both a little bit. <laughs> when he's a young man, and I don't know where the clones came from. It all came from this one facility, Chino. And then the whole, yeah, it was kind of awkward where he's seeing Anakin, you know, yeah, he's grown up, he's been through years of training. He's Padme again for so long. Of course, he's going to have that tension. Because, yeah, he had that childhood crush back in episode one. But 
now that he's older, those feelings, you know, he's trying to keep himself contained, trying to keep his emotions checked. But look, dude, he's a horny teenager. And, you know, being told not to do is like, it makes it even more like tempted to do the thing. To the point he has to go behind all of back and put away that Pam, even though she has, she's just an ambassador. She's not, you know, working as a queen anymore. And she's being targeted. I mean, yeah, I did love that. Yeah, Christopher Lee in there is kind of boo-boo, so you got to see Solomon from Lord of the Rings in there. Then you got to see Yoda, actually, there's the first introduction of Digital Yoda, where he actually fought. There's a lot of people to see how he fought and stuff. And, yeah, it was cool seeing the clones. I mean, it was like, oh, it's hard of them having different personalities. I think that's why we got redeemed with the, the Clone Wars show, because it got to show the clones having personalities. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, to me, this was more like a precursor to what the Clone Wars are going to be. So, yeah, I agree with, like, six. Yeah, it was, like, more of a political message. Basically, that was, it was just, Lucas just trying to push a political agenda, making you think politics in the Star Wars universe. Um, just that Jango Fed and everyone fighting, and of course, that one scene when they're fighting at that one place, all the fuck people. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's right. That shit was weird, too. You see, like, it's just the Genosians or whatever. That was a Genosian, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I can remember Star Wars places, but you can't actually the cat of us. Because the United States. <laughs> no, I can't. I know because most of the cat was in the States. But I'm talking about like capitals in Canada or some shit. They don't even have capitals. <laughs> so there you go. But tell me about a Star Wars place. Um, yeah, like that's what I mean. Like they threw a lot of stuff at you. And the first one like had better pacing to kind of introduce all these new concepts. And then. He tried to just bog down some new shit, threw away the pot stuff, and then it's like, okay, we got to open ourselves even more. And I think we gotta get more serious, basically. Yeah, and at least like with the originals, there was still a running theme behind like the main focus. Like we have to Vader somehow. And then these are just kind of like, huh? you're just everywhere. You don't know. You're finding like an argument that has different opinions, basically. You don't know. They're, they don't know who the bad guy is, and it's really Palpatine as we find out, which I think it would be number five. Okay, what would be your number fifth? Number five. Yeah, number five would be... Uh, Episode three? Uh, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I, that's my favorite of the prequels, um, and I watched it when I was a teenager, so... like We was, actually went to go see that film. We went to yeah, see we went to see that one, film in the theater, pretty, yeah. It was pretty cool. pre-COVID, guys. It was 2005. Yeah, a long time ago. And and it was fun. It was it was a fun experience, just because it was, it was uh, a good way to cap Close up At that time out. was the last Star Wars film. Who knows until it came out years later. Right, we, yeah, we didn't know what we were going to get. Yeah, no, no. Get back to it, yeah. But that that one, that in particular, just because like, I liked, I was waiting for the, the transition to him, and then once I got it, I think it was good. Hayden Christensen, I think his acting got better as we went. The second one was probably the worst. But uh, Yeah, I think... And his acting wise, and the mm-hmm. third one, he really got into it because like they let him be the evil guy. <clears throat> so I think, just like it's just the development was better in this one. Yeah, and and now that we kind of understood that he had to go somewhere with the, with the like George Lucas had to go somewhere with the the closure of the of the I guess you could say the Vader saga at that time. Like the Clone Wars was number. Yeah, because it, we already yeah the Clone Wars per se because we got yeah, we got the episode Order sixty six. Yeah, like we get pivotal moments that kind of changed, kind of got us to the trajectory of the original trilogy. So it was nice to see him do well in in 
able being able to tie the story well to introduce it to our the original trilogy. Like it was easier to see it his vision in that perspective once we got to the third movie. And like the second movie just clouded a lot of shit, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's just the third movie did a better job at getting the especially the building the relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin as Anakin's more of an adult. And so you see that he's learned a lot more and like they're they're uh doing more hard missions, you know, you could see them kind of their camaraderie built a lot more throughout the years as we get to them in the third film. And we yeah, see, you see that inter- now he's yeah. like he's going through this internal conflict now. Because yeah, yeah, because it's his master, like his, like you know, it's, it's his it's big brother, basically. Jedi, you know? yeah. yeah, so it's hard to we see, you know, it's it's it plays so well with all the human morality plays, and, and I think that movie did a good job in presenting that. That's why it's just like I'll throw it in the middle. It's not the worst movie, and it's not the best Star Wars, but I think it it does. It's like, yeah, it hits the sweet spot in the middle. All for me, for my number five, will be The Force Awakens. Mm. Because to me, it was just, just a reintroduction back into the Star Wars universe, basically. Yeah. To me, it's because of the nostalgia factor. Seeing Han, seeing Leia, seeing Luke in the Deadpool, seeing Chewie, you know, RTHCPPO, seeing them. It was just like, to me, it was, yeah, yeah, Force Awakens was basically a rehashing of support, but at the same time, it was a way to introduce new fans. But get the attention of old fans that grew up. I mean, J.J. did his best to make sure it was less like CG, more like practical effects. And bringing these new characters like Ray, Poe, Finn, you know, bringing these new characters, Kylo Ren, about who he was, um, but still put in, you know, Leia, Luke, Han, and Chewie to see what happened, where they've been all these years. This is a catch-up, you know, what happened, you know? But at the same time, yeah, it looks like a rehash of episode for almost but for a new generation. I did like the effects. I did like the characters they introduced in different ways and different like, you know, alien, you know, characters and like I said, and knowing the troopers are no longer like clones anymore, basically, as you can see within like he's they're not doing the clone thing anymore. And you got an empire called the First Order. It's not like the Empire the Intergalactic Republic still. And they're still going at it, you know Rising of First Order and you know, Kylo Ren and then General Snoke, like, like Snoke makes it appearance like a giant freaking... Yeah, the waste of a character. Yeah. Waste of a character and it's just an interesting BBA who became basically popular merchandise merchandise maker's dream. Can yeah. I go anywhere to a convention without seeing someone driving a BBA model? I don't know, it's kind of cool the way they made it. Like It was like a geometric, you know, oscillating droid. That was kind of cool. Um, but like I said, yeah, it was just to me, the reason why I rank it at five is because to me it was like a reintroduction back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that when Disney did when they purchased Lucas was like, let's bring Star Wars back to people. Let's bring people back to Star Wars. And how we do that, let's get JJ Abrams who did Lost. Let's bring him in and try to bring people back, basically. And they were able to bring you know, a lot of people back for that film. It's like, it was great. And it was like the last film that Peter Mayhew worked on, and the guy who played Chewie, and up to the race of our character, actor took over, and you know, seeing you got to see Han, Harrison Ford come back as Han Solo, you got to see you know, uh, Carrie Fisher back as as, as Leia, Organa, and then of course Mark Hamill at the end coming back as Luke. That was a good scene. You got to see Cupid and Artie. He's just being almost like a side character. 
And like I said, I was more on the new cast. So I tell you, just gotta get that nostalgia. Yeah. Well, like I enjoyed the effects, and even the even that big freaking a planet, a star destroyer that was like a big planet destroyer too. Like they made a planet into a weapon that was freaking interesting. That was a really concept that they came up with. They came up with it was, it was really interesting. But just like you know, him taking more reins and like there's Lucas being more like hands off at the end too. Like just getting it somewhat of producer credit, but it was more like it was more like the year of like Rogue One Star Wars. Yeah. That's why I rank it at five. So here we go. Well, you, the final four. So what would be your fourth? Oh yeah, I was gonna put Force Awakens. Okay, what was your uh, take on Force Awakens? Why are you ranking number four? Uh, just because I had to put it above Sith. We're gonna Sith just because. Yeah, like you mentioned, it did all those things, and, and I think for as much as I don't don't like J.J. Abrams, I give him credit for doing. For playing it safe, but also like giving us a visually fun looking movie. Um, and the characters were easily very easy to get attached to. I think that's very hard to do with these movies, so I had to give him a little more credit in that side because he did a better job than George Lucas did on his own movies, I think. And that, and for him to kind of get us to do that, but also use a similar strategy to a new hope. And, and kind of introduce the similar themes, but also hit a, you know provide us with new takes on characters, and then give us some compelling characters with Ray and Kylo Ren. I think it's good that he gave it a shot. If you gave him a whole three story run, maybe it would have been different. But I think starting those the franchise off at that point uh, wasn't the worst. In hindsight, it wasn't the worst. Looking back now. So that's why I, I think I had to put it above George Lucas's fifth, the Sith one, just because, like, although it's a comfortable lane and he had to create his own, like, there was still, like, he had to, you know, still sell it to us, per se, and Abrams didn't necessarily have to do that all the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, and like you said, it's a love note for him to Star Wars, and I think that's what it means. Like, he had to sell it to himself more. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, artistically, it speaks better. To the artist because it's like he appreciates Star Wars. I'll give it to that's my okay. My number four will be I guess everybody goes Sith because it was like the the star last Star Wars movie I saw before I came back in 2005. I remember we went to go see that. I was like Midnight in Fear when we did when it theaters did Midnight Screens, guys. That's how old we are. Um, and just seeing the whole what I liked about it was yeah, Hayden Christian got better, like his acting was much better. And what drew me was the anticipation of what, even though I'm a big fan of the light side of the Force, but just seeing his transition, like, you know, of Anakin going from, you know, being Obi-Wan's, like, you know, Padawan being his brother, basically, into the point where, you know, he's had his wife's had a kid, or eventually kids, but I saw his emotions were starting to get, you know, he was going through the emotions, like, you know, like the Jedi and the and just having the influence of the Palpatine having an influence on him and stuff. And he's was questioning the Jedi ways, but at the same time, like Palpatine's become more of like a father figure, like a mentor too, as well. And he's questioning the Jedi and their actions. He's like, and then of course, keeping his thing with, you know, Padme the secret from Obi Wan and stuff because, you know, Jedi's are not supposed to be, you know, have shown emotions and not. That's what you're pure, not you know, have families and stuff, and 
And of course, you know, I think what the breaking point is when he was no longer, he was such to be a Jedi Master. And, and he started questioning them more. And then eventually, Palpatine was able to, you know, influence him at his weakest point. And that's when he started turning. It was like the problem. And kind of like, you know, build up to eventually he was given the name Big Darth Vader by Palpatine. That's who Palpatine's motives and stuff. And how he became this figure, we all know what happened with that. And, uh, the fight with Yoda and Palpatine, the Senate building was kind of fun. And, you know, and eventually, the Mustafar plan, we've got to see a show up between uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, who became my neighbor at that time now. And just that final, like, two brothers having a final conflict, basically. Then I was a final fight, but, you know, it's changed, and then we got to see finally Hank Christian die, and start the armor, and have to bring up the new version Jones with the no! At the end, and just a closure to the prequel. And like I said, it was like me, I may get a tour because it was like the last time I was really see that stuff. The Clone Wars series, start, some of the worst stuff. But yeah, like I said, it was like, I'll see this like one of the Star Wars I actually got to go see in the theater. You know, later shows. But yeah, that's why I recommend number four. Now the top three. Here we go. You know what we got left now? It's just the original trilogy, so I kind of figure we keep those films in the top three, so what would we be in number three, Biko? Uh, I want to say uh, I guess because like uh, Return of the Jedi just because like it's not it's not the the strongest one of the of the three films. Uh and it had to wrap everything up again. And I think, like I said, Lucas does a good job of wrapping things up, but then also, like, he, he throws all these random shit at the end, like the Ewoks and all this other shit. The Ewoks shit. are cute, though. They are very cute. But, like, <laughs> they also just, like, have nothing to do with anything. I, I get why it's fun to throw them in there and, like I said, sell toys. But, like, this makes no sense the overall theme I get. And we get Luke, you know, bridging the relationship he has with his father and, and he becomes the ultimate Jedi and he needs to be and, and you know, the touching moment and Vader dies and sucks. But, like, <clears throat> overall, it's not the strongest of the three films and I had to put it as my number three just because it's, like, eh. Great, but, like, yeah, it's just not yeah. not the best one. Out of the I team. agree with that one. I have to go with number three. Yeah, same thing with kind of Jedi because my take was, yeah, Lucas trying to wrap everything up and then... You know, when Luke finally he's finishing his train with Yoda, of course, sucks that Yoda has to die. And, you know, the whole sequence of saving Han and what they had to go through to save Han, of course, uh, laying with that, you know, golden bikini was one of the biggest selling, like, you know, fan service type of thing. Pretty much. I mean, there was like 83 when that film came out. That's one thing about these films was like the three year gap, <laughs> which was kind of weird. These films was different this year where all the films were released in two years or a year or two afterwards or something. So, yeah. And these films were released like in three years. Like I said, the technology is advanced now. But yeah, that was the thing too was, you know, Leia when they go in Slave Bikini just with the fan service. But, um, and yeah, and Luke just going in terms like, oh, I got to fight. I got to face my the fears. He's got to face his dad. Like everything, like, all of the my dad now, and you know, I gotta feed my dad, but I have to face him. You know, I don't want to face him, but eventually I have to. 
facing. Of course, the Ewoks are cute. So I understand you said like they don't, I don't know what their role was in there, but problem is the stuff wasn't in the world. So the Empire was being smart at that time. They were going to put in something that planned that you know, and basically we're building a Death Star, Death Star, Death Star, Death or something. <laughs> it was still under construction, and they had to find a way to destroy it. But I had a shield protecting it, of course. So Shield Station was on Endor. Ewoks, which oh man, there's our primitive beings in the Star Wars universe. So another, you know, they're small, fuzzy little bears, but it's like you gotta see like you know more primitive tribes in the Star Wars universe. So this whole hyper romance and stuff, mm-hmm. science fiction, but you can see more of a primitive tribe and stuff. And I mean, the port and the speed bike scene is kind of cool too. So you can see fantastic, of course, the fight scene between Vader and Luke. For being with the Muppets as well, and then of course, Luke got to see his Vader, you know, before he died, and kind of redeemed himself before he passed away. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, yeah, I don't see that would be my number three. So, I don't see the final two. So, what would be your number two? Oh, it's actually a flip flop. So, number two is going to be uh, New Hope. Uh, just because obvious reasons, it's the first one that gets us everything. Where it started, it's his baby, and he gave us this fucking thing we're talking about. So, and the reason it led into pop culture, and I feel like worldwide, it's hard to do that with a lot of things. And he was able to do that, so we gotta give the guy props for doing that. Um, and he's taking something that was inspired by like, the samurai. Yeah, you know, a lot, of, a lot of different shit, right? Because he did, he yeah. did cite, you know, the Kurosawa Japanese films like the Ronin and stuff. Like he just did a lot of drugs, and he came up with this eyeing of. Yeah, yeah. Samurai Ronins and, and religious uh, philosophies, uh, Buddhist monks, like, all these little weird characters. little, And then, like, throwing in space, because, like, you can throw whatever you want in space. It can mean anything. And even made up names and languages. All this weird shit. And, like, you would think in the 70s it would be hard to get people behind that, because the 70s was, like, there's so many great movies during that time that, that he's like, oh, let me give you this alien stuff that people, I, I guess at that time, they thought it was, like, really dorky and stuff to mm-hmm. go watch Star Wars. So, like, seeing it has become such a big uh, cultural phenomenon, and then from where it started, it, it's kind of crazy that, like, that movie set that off. But I have to put it number two. Cause, yeah, yeah, I agree, number two. Yeah. To me, number two, because of the fact that, you know, it was introduced to a series. Like I said, for me, I'd never seen the first film until I was at eighth grade in school. That's, like, the only time I got introduced to Star Wars. Because you got to see that like, TV programs reference it a lot, like Chinese Witch did a parody of Star Wars, a lot of these programs are doing parodies of it. I did not understand it. I did not understand these characters. It wasn't until like April when we got introduced to Star Wars, and of course that's when Disney was decided, let's bring it back to theaters again with new effects and everything. And, you know, updated effects and stuff. And they made Java digital and stuff. And it was like, for that time, when like CGI was like, you know, they had all these extra stuff. No, mm-hmm. and just to get people back in the theater with the celebrating, you know, Star Wars anniversary. Basically, it was like a twentieth anniversary celebration. Yeah. They released a special edition in nineteen ninety seven. So it was about seventh grade. Yeah, I think it was like sixth or seventh grade. I got sixth grade. I think it was. I got introduced to the Star Wars phenomenon, and like I said to me, yeah, number two would be my thing because it's like something mm-hmm. I've never seen before. You know, I'm not much of a sci fi, but that got me into the sci fi aspect of Star Wars, which I do like into weird films. I'm not, like, a big Star Wars fan, but, you know, like, you, Biko, you're a big Vader fanatic, so it's like, you love Vader? 
<laughs> to the point that guys, he has a Vader. I got him a Vader in a ugly holly sweater. Yeah, it's so cute. So cute that our mom wants it so bad. Yeah. I don't know how far I think that was like a Christmas or something, and it, they just had it there. It was like him, it was like Yoda, and like Chewie wearing ugly sweaters, and then like, no, I didn't get Vader because. Really Pico's a Vader guy. Pico's a Vader guy, guys. You gotta convince him to go to the light side. But yeah, number two, and of course, might as well talk about number one because you both agree Empire Strikes Back is the number one. It's yeah. honestly <clears throat> Empire, dude. It's a better film. It was a better film, yeah. It's just a better film overall. It's because, honestly, Hothman, I mean, that frozen planet, and then you get the different speeders, and it just Vader, that pivotal moment when he, you know, him, like, I gotta get him, I gotta get Luke, you know, going after Luke, basically. Right? Like, I sense another force. It's like, his familiarity, his powers, his familiar. It's like, it shows the Republic at that time, like, at their lowest point. The point, the point they're like retreating and stuff. It's like they're being pursued, and that that snow scene with the ads, it was freaking crazy. Yeah, that was cool. But then yeah, the cable wire going around just to Very make that simple fact. things and make yeah, making it seem. And like he introduced to land. It's like, oh, dude, there's an African American guy there. I'm like, yeah, there's a black guy in space. It's I cool. know. I was like, it's yeah, cool. Billy D. Williams, man, freaking yeah, Lando, dude. So yeah, and we get to see another side of Hollow's of Hollow of oh, Han Solo's story. like past, like his yeah. past and stuff a little bit. And yeah, so like he he gave us that was the most cohesive. And just movie. the tension between him and Leia too, like that uh, sexual tension. Like mm-hmm. honestly, he had feelings for her. You know, kept teasing her and stuff. And then, um, and then of course, um, the big pivotal thing where Luke and and Vader fighting and stuff, and eventually. The whole this is where the Mandela effect keeps like hitting people because apparently people thought it was like Luke on your father, but no, apparently just I was seeing the clip like someone uploaded a clip of it. He said, "No, I am your father." Right. Yeah. He never said Luke. He's like Obi Wan never told you. He said you killed him. He didn't tell you about your father. And Luke's like, you "Told me you killed him." No. no he's, I yeah. Am your he's father. like, "You're an idiot. I am your father." People kept thinking it was Luke, I am your father, but no, yeah. that's like the whole Mandela effect. That's why I had to go back and watch the clip again earlier today. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, but honestly, it was really well done. It was more gritty. Luke lost his hand, and he had to get a new one. And, and just showing that the same thing with Leia, because the whole teasing of that Leia is his sister. That's when Luke finds out from Yoda a little bit. He kept saying he's another. There's another. There's another and he starts using the whole time when he says Jedi, and then you get to see that just the people are trying to say, oh, they can hear where Luke is, or says it, that he has an idea where Luke and Leia are. That eventually leads to Jedi, where, you know, it comes out that Leia's, like, Luke's sister, because she's a twin sister, because they're kind of twins. And if you go back to Virgin Sith, yeah, she, like, had was born with kind of twins. And, you know, it was an interesting, you know, Way at the midpoint because you know how you top off success of New Hope, like in Trekkie, you need to get get the nitty gritty because you see sequels, you have to go on top off the original. That's what happens with sequels. So you got to do better than your first film. One way to do is with Empire. To me, it was the strongest one of the original trilogy. So that's my that's our number one guys. So like I said, you know that will do it for breaking the Star Wars. So hopefully, you guys had to spend a great day of Star Wars Day. And if you guys don't agree with the list, or you think your list is a better, 
You can follow us on Twitter and tweet us at P-O-P-T-A-L-K-I-N. Um, and let us know what your top nine Star Wars films are. And like I said, we'll do a part two where we're talking about not only like Rogue One, so a little more, but we'll talk about the series. Like the actual shows. And rank those. Well, so stay tuned. We're not going to talk Star Wars until next week. So, like I said, we have plenty of time to do that. So, thanks so much for joining us this evening. May the fourth be with you. Don't forget, tomorrow's Revenge of the Fifth. You can also follow our podcast also on Spotify, Anchors of Breaks Your Home Base. We're also available on Apple. Make sure to give us a five star rating. Um, and other podcast outlets. Make sure to check out our merch store at spring.com and search for Talking Bob. I did get some new designs up there, so definitely check those out. I am working on more t-shirt designs soon to be available. And you can like us on Facebook and usually I share the links to the episodes on there as well. So have a good night. We'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.